Before we do the pastor pals, I want to honor our moms. And as I said and tried to describe, there are moms of all different patterns, all different. So here's what I'm going to do is I've got a, a, a neat uh, poem that I ran across. It's not really a rhyming poem, but just an honoring poem. And that I want to share with all moms. All right. First of all, to those who gave birth this year, to their very first child, we celebrate with you. To those who have lost a child, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who've experienced loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or even a runaway, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with prods and tears and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who foster or foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you greatly. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment and heartache and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers, we grieve with you. To those who've experienced the abuse at the hands of your own mothers, we acknowledge your experience. To those who've lived through driving tests, medical tests, and overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who may have aborted children, we remember them and you on this day. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way that you have longed for it to be. To those who may be a step-parent, we walk with you on these very complex paths. To those who envision lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests this coming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child still in your heart. To those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we are anticipating with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart. We have real warriors in our midst this morning. There's all kinds of moms. And we celebrate and mourn and stand and sit beside you, honoring moms today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time together. Just to say thank you, to say that we honor moms of 
all shapes and sizes, those who have, are biological parents, those who are just mentors, who mother children and try to be an example to them. Thank you so much for those continuing spiritual warriors. Father, I thank you for our church and this time we have today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Miss Bailey Smith has our special this morning. The question was raised as my conscience fell. A silly little lie It didn't mean much But it lingers still In the corners of my mind Still you called me to walk On the edge of this world To spread my dreams and fly But the future's so far my heart is so frail I think I'd rather stay inside But you love me anyway It's like nothing in life That I've ever known Yes, you love me anyway Oh Lord, how you love me How you love me It took more than my strength to simply be still, to seek but never find. All the reasons we change, the reasons I doubt, and why do loved ones have to die? But you love me anyway. It's like nothing in life. That I've ever known, yes, you love me anyway. Oh, Lord, how you love me. I am the thorn in your crown, but you love me anyway. I am the sweat from your brow. But you love me anyway I am the nail in your wrist But you love me anyway I am Judas's kiss But you love me anyway See now I am the man who yelled out from the crowd for your blood to be spilled on this earth-shaking ground. Yes, and I turn away with a smile on my face. With this sin in my heart, try to bury your grace. And then alone in the night, I still call out for you. So ashamed of my life, my life, my life. But you love me anyway Oh Lord, how you love me Yes, you love me anyway It's 
like nothing in life that I've ever known. Yes, you love me anyway. Oh, Lord, how you love me. Yes, you love me. Yes, you love me. Yes, you love me. Yes, you love me. How you love me. How you love me. How you love me. Great job, Bailey. That was awesome. And, you know, just like moms, uh, God loves us anyway. No matter what we do. Uh, God and moms don't always like the choices that we make, but uh, they love us. It's kind of like we've said before, to to love the sinner and hate the sin. It's okay to hate sin. Did you know the Bible says that God hates sin? There's uh, several things that God hates, and it's sin. All of those things that are listed a godly mother's heartbeat. There are some things that uh, before uh, before moms became a mom, their heart went pitter-patter. <laughs> Whenever they uh, first met the man of their dreams and they fell in love, and there are certain things that still makes a, a man go, some of y'all's, are still, y'all, y'all's husbands still make you go pitter-patter? Yeah, so you can jab them. And uh, do something special for her this day. And uh, your husband, your wives, and uh, do something for each other. Go ahead and head to Psalms 127. Psalms 127. A lot of people have taken this very first verse and, and they've uh, talked about building a church and except the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. But it's talking about a godly home. And the whole section is. And uh, we're going to laugh. We're going to, I've already. Just thinking about moms, I've been blessed with a, a great mom and a great stepmom. And I'm so thankful. And uh, a lot of people haven't had that. At uh, one time I was uh, uh, discussing uh, this and I've had all sorts of parenting situations. And it's tough. We live in an imperfect world. A mom came to me. Matter of fact, she was a grandmother at the time. And she really struggled with envisioning God as a heavenly father because... She grew up with an abusive father. And she said, how can I uh, love my heavenly father when I struggle to love an earthly father? And it, that was very difficult. And, uh, you know, if any of you watched, uh, how many of you watched any episodes of Duck Dynasty? Anybody? Yeah. Some of you won't admit it. Okay. And uh, so it's, it's really great. And I. Uh, Matter of fact, I was in the, we were buying some graduate gifts at Lifeway. We went to Lifeway's national headquarters in uh, Nashville yesterday. And anyway, there's a store right beside their corporate offices. And I stopped in there, and there's a book. I've read the other two. We have the other two in our library from Duck Dynasty. And the other one that I haven't read, and it was right there. Uh, I didn't get it, but we'll get a copy and put it in our church library. And it was called The Women of Duck Dynasty. And... Um, uh, which they're all Church of Christ, and uh, we'll forgive them for that and uh, let that go. But uh, they've got some great Christian testimony. And Lisa, 
who's married to Alan. I often wondered why Alan wasn't really on the show. I didn't know. She gave her testimony in the book. just blew me away. And how that uh, abuse in her life led to some bad decisions that almost cost her her marriage. She gives her testimony in her book. It is powerful. I said They were browsing for gifts, and I was sitting there reading it, and how God brought them through that. And it's a powerful story of forgiveness in there, making huge mistakes in forgiveness. I tell you, the one of the most powerful things in this Bible is forgiveness. That's the most powerful thing. You and I cannot go to heaven without forgiveness. We can't even, you can't have a marriage, you can't have a home, you can't have a relationship with anybody until you learn to forgive. You've got to be able to forgive one another. Matter of fact, you know what Jesus says? Forgive each other as I've forgiven you. And uh, so forgiveness is one of the most powerful lessons in the Bible. A mother's heart beat quickly. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and sit up late. And if you have kids, you do all the above. <laughs> to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. And if you have kids, sleep is precious. <laughs> Lo, children are an inheritance from the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate, which means they'll look out for the family, and they'll look out for one another. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to speak your word. I thank you for everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Holy Spirit just bless the reading of the word and the preaching of the word this morning as I look to uh, these different things and share with you. Just some things that I, I love humor. I love to laugh. And as much as I love to laugh, my wife loves to laugh ten times more. And uh, some of you already know that. And uh, so I just want to share with you some quotes. Number one, just having a baby doesn't make one a mom. But also the opposite is true. And that is there are moms that have never had a child. And so we don't say just because some I feel left out because I've never had a child. You can still be a mom and to others. You can be a mentor. You can be a mom. You can be a role model. I've ran across some famous uh, quotes different by different people, but I just left that out. And, uh, but these quotes are this. Number one, I want my children to have all the things I couldn't afford. Then I want to move in with them. Okay? That's a great one. I like that. And uh, so get ready. <laughs> Your, your parents may be moving in with you. Next, my mother's menu consisted of two choices. Take it or leave it, okay? I don't know, maybe you're an accommodating mom and you cook specifically for your kids. And uh, uh, get ready. They've got a rude awakening coming later in life. Uh, next quote. No matter how old a mother is, she watches her middle-aged children for signs of improvement. So it doesn't matter if you're 50 or 60, your mom's still waiting for improvement, okay? And just hoping and praying, okay? Uh, next quote, when your mother asks, do you want a piece of advice? It is a mere formality. It doesn't matter if you answer yes or no, you're going to get it anyway. 
If they say, do you want a piece of advice? Just it, forget your answer. Just say, come on. Um, here's the definition. Sweater is a noun. And it's a garment worn by a chi- child when the mom is feeling cold. Now, that's a mom right there. Okay. Next quote. The most remarkable thing about my mother is that for 30 years, she served the family nothing but leftovers, and the original meal has never been found. And uh, how many of you raised on leftovers? Anybody? How many of you love leftovers? Oh, yeah. It's scriptural. It's in the Bible. Okay. The best way to keep children at home is to make sure the home atmosphere is pleasant and let the air out of the tires. As a, just a, hey, I'm facing that right now. Just Caleb, I'm in charge. My, he says, my truck, Dad, I paid for it. And he did. We made a father-son deal, but I still have my name on the registration. Okay, so I still got a little pull. Uh, next, if you were to open up a baby's head, and I'm not for a moment suggesting that you should, you would find nothing but an enormous drool gland. Okay, so if you've had any babies, they can leave drool a mile long. And uh, it just sticks to you. And I hand it to somebody else. There will be a string attached from you to them. Okay. Next. People who say they sleep like a baby usually don't have one. Okay. And so that was a sad. I ran across that. I said, that's a great face. Okay. And next. Start saving now for college. Okay. <laughs> I don't recommend this college saving plan, but it will work if you need one. And uh, just get your ch- child and go, go for it this way. Well, that, enough of my quotes. Let's talk about the desire to be a mom. Head to 1 Samuel chapter 1 and the desire to be a mom. And just uh, love some of those. Hey, folks, if you're parenting, it works a whole lot better with humor, okay? You've got to have a sense of humor in being a parent and whether you're a mom or a dad. The desire to be a mom, you know, that's built in to a mother's heartbeat. Every parent, every young girl usually dreams of having their own family one day, meeting the man of their dreams. Hannah was that type of woman. She, and it says in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11, And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, If thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then will I give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Verse 17, which was part of a a vow of being separate uh, from population. I I want my child to be... Uh, to live for the Lord. That's all she was saying. I want my child to live for the Lord. Verse 17. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. So she had went to the temple, and she's praying, and she's just praying for a child. And I've met many parents over the years that have struggled with infertility, and it's something that there's no, even, even doctors today, there's all sorts of things that they can do and they cannot do. You have people like the Duggars who have just, you know, just no problem having kids, obviously. And then you have, see those parents who really struggle with having kids. Maybe there's some in here that I'm not aware of. 
and um, just just that struggle. That it's in the Bible. We see this in God's holy word. This struggle and this desire, uh, and we just need to be in prayer for all moms that struggle in that. Verse eighteen. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Well, she said, Okay, I'm going to trust the word of God. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew his wife, Hannah's wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I've asked him of the Lord. Now, I'll never forget the time. And uh, Miss Michelle is sitting in here, and, and Chuck came to me. Chuck came to me, and he was almost in tears. And because I made a statement, I think it was on Mother's Day or Father's Day, and she's grinning because she may remember it. And I made this statement, you know, we as parents only have our kids, basically, unless they come back, and uh, for 18 years, okay? Basically, you have them for 18 years. And they may move back in for a time, hunting for a job or whatever, but you know what? Uh, why are people laughing? And uh, But anyways, we have them for this time period. The concrete sets up. Okay, the concrete sets up. There's once they are become grown. How many of you have seen your children and your grandchildren, you know, make decisions? You say, oh no, why did they do that? Why did they? But the concrete set up. They're, I mean, eighteen. You know, they're voting age. Okay, they get a card in the mail that says if they're a guy, selective service, which means we can reinstate the draft if we want to. Okay, and th there's all sorts of things. Responsibility comes, and you know, and the best thing to do is say, you need money, get a job. Okay, you know that's great. But and I said this, you know, and then he came to me, Chuck did, and he said. He's just almost in tears. He said, Casey's half over. I'm halfway done, Brother Michael. I just, it's flown by. And guess what? The first nine years are slow compared to the next nine years. And boom, can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. I know I'm right. Y'all know I'm right. The first nine years, it seems like it takes forever for them to feed themselves and go to the bathroom by themselves and get out of diapers and all of those things. And you're shouting glory and all of a sudden, boom, it goes from diapers to college and uh, just flies by. And, you know, you want a child, you want a child. It's kind of like just we, we're wanting this. And, but that desire is there. Because, number one, it's a, it's a God-given desire. God gives it to all parents, whether you're able to physically have kids or not have kids. You can help. You can help your sister. You can help your brother. You can help somebody. You, and, and I've met people before who had no immediately immediate family. But if you want a family, just join a church somewhere. And you'll have a church family. And sometimes church families are even closer than physical families. And there's plenty of kids that need a, a surrogate mom or a surrogate father in church. Adopt one. Take one over. Take one to church camp. Go to vacation Bible school. Get plugged in. There's so many ways. But that desire that Hannah had was a godly desire. And so it doesn't matter whether you're biologically capable of having a child or not. You get involved in your church family, the Lord 
will put you to work. You put that desire to a godly use. And so we see Hannah here, and it was a great thing. And by the way, you think about this, she did. She kept her as soon as he was able to. She took Samuel, and she gave him to the, to the office of the ministry, so to speak. And she gave him to Eli and said, okay, I've done my part, and God's blessed me. Thank you, God. And she gave her child to the Lord, which is the greatest thing you can do. One of the greatest and neatest things that I've seen here at Promised Land, especially over the past four or five years, is I've seen parents leading their kids to the Lord. And even grandparents leading their kids to the Lord. One of the greatest privileges you can have. There's nothing wrong with asking me or Trey to, 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 to do it or, or to even check, say, do they understand? There's nothing wrong with that. But if you can possibly have that privilege of leading your own child or grandchild to the Lord, it, it's an awesome privilege. It's an awesome thing. Give them to the Lord. Give them to Jesus. The next thing, the role model, I call it. Titus chapter 2, the desire to be a role model. And I, and I hope and pray that everybody in here knows and that uh, all of us are role models. I've, you know, there's different uh, idiots out here in the world. You know, people like Mike Tyson or somebody else, and they say, I don't want to be a role model. Well, everybody's a role model. You mean people see the way you behave, and some people actually want to mimic that and mock that. So everybody's a role model to a degree. You don't realize the little eyeballs that are looking at you in your life. Titus chapter 2 and verse 3. The aged women, matter of fact, when I read that, I'm like, wonder what the... I was like, that just sounds kind of weird, you know, the aged women. And I looked it up, it just means older, mature, uh, experienced. There's all sorts of ways, the seniors. And, uh, but those that have been around, those who've had kids, grandkids, likewise, that they may be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, which means, uh, all right, no, no going out drinking tonight, okay? All right, teachers of good things. And by the way, that not given to much wine also includes not addicted to things. And uh, did you know there's a, there's a bunch of things, and I've seen this. Matter of fact, I found out that uh, a good friend of ours back in Louisiana, uh, a, a mom, a single mom, who had become addicted to gambling. Matter of fact, the member, one of the church members of my last church, and there's all sorts of addictions out there. As a matter of fact, it led to the losing, filing bankruptcy, losing her business and her home and, and a lot of relationships. There's lots of things you can be addicted to. Uh, drugs. I was telling uh, some of the... Uh, and you can be... Hey, listen. And a lot of people uh, see somebody becomes addicted to something and they just want to throw that individual away. Folks, people that become a... Addicted to things, they need love and support. They need encouragement. Uh, matter of fact, I knew a real good preacher friend of mine had a lot of a back trouble. It's a friend of mine in Texas, great guy, great guy, and he became addicted to pain pills because of his back, and uh, it cost him his job, relationships, a lot of things. And you know what? And, you know, and still a great guy, just made some huge mistakes in his life. But it doesn't matter, men or women, 
can become addicted to a lot of different things. A lot of people, because you, there may be somebody in here, you may be being judgmental, and because you've never been addicted to something, may think of yourself as superior or better, or think they're lower rank than you. They're not. They're just people who made a mistake, and they got strung out on something or hooked on something. And it could be something not drugs-related. It could be something like gambling, or it could be something that you can even become addicted nowadays to technology. And become addicted to a lot of things. But that's what that verse means. Guard yourself. Be a role model. Be an example in looking at this. And then it goes on to say, why should you watch? And then it says, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober. And that doesn't mean not drunk. That word there actually means to be vigilant, hardworking to love their husbands, and to love their children. Let me just stop here for a second. Let me just stop here. Because I have met both moms, excuse me, biological parents. I've met biological parents who didn't know how to love their children. I've met biological parents who did not know how to give care they just didn't. It did. Some people in this room, when they have a kid, it, whether they do, go about it the biblical way or the uh, the way society does or, or whatever, and they're just natural parents, they're just natural moms, then the other's true. And mostly, mostly this, and I've seen this, whether married, unmarried, whatever the situation, this is it. This is where, let me tell you the number one problem with young people that have children that don't know how to parent very well, it just comes down to one word. Selfish. I still have a life. I still want to enjoy my life. I've got my future ahead of me. There's nowhere in the Bible and nowhere in the life's rule book that says life is fair. And uh kind of reminds me of that Kenny Chesney song. And uh, you think your life is over. That child comes along. And you realize that God's given you a, a gift. It's a, it's a hard-working gift. Let me go ahead and say this before I move on to the next one. Y'all are doing great, by the way. Y'all got great eye contact this morning, okay? Y'all are doing awesome. Listen to me very closely. Parenting is hard work. You're actually going to sweat doing it, okay? You're actually going to worry doing it. You're actually going to work doing it. It doesn't matter if it's yours or somebody else's. It's hard work. And a lot of people don't expect that. I didn't know it was going to take this much time. I didn't know I was going to lose sleep. I'll never forget the time when I rolled over to Karen one night and said, Karen, are we ever going to be able to sleep through the night again? And I couldn't remember the last time it happened. It had got to that point. But it's hard work. But it says in our Bible that we are to help one another out. The aged women, that means grandmas, great-grandmas. And listen. And you say, well, I'm sick and tired of their advice. Just listen. It makes them feel better giving it. And eventually one day the light comes on and we realize they were right. Okay, and then it says in verse five to be discreet, chaste, 
keeping yourself pure, keepers at home, good, obedient to their husbands. Husbands, don't be poking them. All right, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Because why? I say I'm a child of God. I know who goes to Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church. I know how their kids act. See, everything we do reflects to our Savior. How we live, how we parent, how we behave, everything. Next, the desire to leave a legacy. Back up just a few pages. Second Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, Paul's bragging on Timothy. He says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. What does that mean? Let me just camp out there a second. Unfeigned means this. You're real. You love Jesus in church and you love Jesus outside of church. You don't come in here and stop cussing, then when you get to the house, start cussing. You don't uh, use God's name in vain. You believe in tithing. You believe in helping out. You believe in doing. It's just not, it's just not a Sunday religion to you. It's just not a Sunday belief system. You actually want to live for the Lord. And people that say they love the Lord and they can come to church Sunday morning and maybe even Sunday night, but you never live it. You never do it. You never practice it. And there's no difference in your life whenever you're out there in the world and there's no difference between you and everybody else. But if you're a child of God, the Bible says there should be a difference. There should be a difference in the way you live. Moms, These two women of Timothy, you're a great guy. You're living for the Lord. And guess what? There was, according to uh, 2 Timothy 1.5, behind Timothy's unfeigned faith, and you know what a redneck word to put that? Not fake. Okay? He wasn't, Timothy wasn't fake. And you know what was behind Timothy? You know what was his anchor besides Jesus Christ? According to that verse, a mom and a grandmother who prayed the lights out. A mom and a grandmother who prayed the lights out. They wore out. They had calluses on their knees because they were praying for Timothy and they worked with Timothy and they helped Timothy. And what Paul's saying, and I'm persuaded, I know your mom and your grandmother, and I'm persuaded that that kind of living is in you too. Matter of fact, it was. And Timothy was a great preacher. And lived for the Lord. So, what does this tell me and you? If you want to leave a legacy, here while back I preached on the difference between a, uh, an inheritance and a legacy. An inheritance is something you leave to your kids. And a legacy is something you leave in your kids. What are you going to do? You can leave it to them. Or you can leave it in them. What are you going to leave in your kids? Lastly, last point. What do we need to do? We do Well, yeah. We've tried to honor moms, and there's no way in a one-hour service that we can honor moms. We've been thinking, and guys, you did a great job. The guys are back there. If y'all see, smell smoke uh, or anything back there, y'all call 911. Okay, the guys are back there taking care of our kids or anything. But we can, we can make it back there, and we're going to be done in the next about seven, eight minutes. And guess what? We'll go back there and check on them. But, folks, all of this, all of this is for a reason. 
we are here to honor the moms today. And we want moms that will honor the Lord. In Ephesians 6, verse 1, the Word of God says this, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Uh, that takes a long time to do. Oh, by the way, let me give you a tip. Start early, because if, if you don't have control of them, when they're six, you can hang it up at 16. Okay? Now, just give you that and just... just, just you know, tight, tighten the belt as tight as you can tight. Do whatever. Uh, there's, there's no verse in the Bible that says spare the rod, spoil the child. A lot of people think that's in the Bible, but it's not. There's a bunch of verses that talk about sparing the rod and a bunch of verses that talk about spoiling the child. But nowhere are those two phrases together in the Bible. And, uh, but it's true. And what it means is, is this. Love them and love them enough to discipline them. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. We have a great example that Jesus gave us. In John 19, verse 26. <clears throat> this Jesus was dying on the cross. And he was doing two things while he was up there. He fulfilled all Scripture. And think about this. When Jesus, who was Jesus' dad? God. Was Jesus honoring his father? Yes, because he was being obedient to his father's will. He said in the garden, he said, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. And on the cross, Jesus uttered seven sayings, and here's two of them. In verse 26, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, who is the writer of this book, John, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then said he to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. It's probably not a coincidence that John is the only disciple that lived a long, full life. There's two different historical accounts for his demise. Number one... One time when he was around at the church at Ephesus, they tried to kill him by putting him in a boiling cauldron of oil. He survived that. Different exact time elements, depending on which historical accounts you read. Later on, of course, he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos and then went back to Ephesus and finished pastoring there. Either way, he lived to be about 100 years old. Was it because he took care of Mary, Jesus' mom? It kind of matches Ephesians 6. Now, it doesn't mean that if you don't honor your mom, you're going to live a short life. It doesn't. What it means is there's a blessing attached to it. There's a blessing attached to it. Honoring your mom and your dad has a blessing attached to it. Now, let me ask you this. Before we're fisting to have, matter of fact, Brother Norman and our musicians can start easing this way. But everybody look at me. Everybody look. <clears throat> Listen to me. How can you honor your Heavenly Father? 
how can you honor your mom, your stepmom, or anybody? How do you live? Are you living the kind of life that's pleasing to God? Ultimately, moms, what was that awesome song? He loved me anyway. He loved me anyway. Moms love you anyway, no matter what. Mistakes aside, and guess what? So does God. Say, Lord, take my life. I put it in your hands. Would you honor your Heavenly Father today?